Doing good? All right. All right. Well, tonight we are um, doing a couple things. Um, we are um, merging two things. We are tonight is technically the last of the five month journey through the Bible. This is the last piece of journey 180 that's been going on Sundays and Tuesday nights. So it's been fun going through the journey, going from the very beginning to the very end. Tonight's topic was heaven and hell. Um, up at um, staff retreat, Lynn came to me and said, you know what? I've got a sneaky suspicion that the paranormal series is going to elicit some questions. And I said, oh, you probably, probably so. So can you um, take the mind another couple weeks um, and be able to answer the question? So Lynn, Lynn sort of um, shoots it out on Sunday mornings and then we'll try to answer what he wasn't able to um, or what he just wouldn't do on Sunday um, anyway. So we're going to do that tonight. So tonight is heaven and hell, which actually flows right into what we're talking about. And we are also going to um, sort of wrap what he talked about um, Sunday morning. So we're going to talk about some of these gateway um, type things, some of the movies, the music, the books, and all that kind of um, crazy stuff. We're going to talk about um, what is good, what is evil. Um, what we aren't going to talk about tonight is what we'll talk about next Tuesday night. Next Tuesday night, we're going to talk um, more specifically on exorcisms and demon possession and demon oppression and and did the devil really make you do it and all that kind of stuff. And Lynn's going to sort of uh, start that topic, um, but we're going to um, hit it um, next Tuesday. So, so save those questions. We're going to open up for questions a little earlier tonight than what we typically will. And there is no kaboom tonight, so you're free to ask questions and... And um, for a little longer than that. So we're going to go ahead and open in a word of prayer because if there's any series or topic that needs us to start in prayer, this would be a good one. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be here today. Heavenly Father, we thank you um, for the, the series that we're in. And we know that it's bringing a lot of um, questions and, um, and hopefully a lot of answers. Um, but most of all, Heavenly Father, it's also bringing a lot of attacks. And I just want to pray that tonight as we go through this topic that um, uh, you keep a hedge around around us, keep a hedge around this church, and um, allow us to focus in on you. Um, we love you, and we give you all the glory. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Grab your Bible and turn to Revelation chapter 20. Or scroll on your phone. All right, so we, um, when I was growing up, my mom, single mom, bless her heart, because um, I was her child, and growing up, my mom was one of those um, panic-type people, and so she was just like um, five foot of just sh- sheer panic, and and so that was fun growing up in that in that type of atmosphere. So there was always some kind of demon that was lurking around the corner ready to rip my face off. Um, and, but also, when I was young, um, I used to watch horror movies a lot. So as I was going up through junior high and high school, there was a lot of nights I laid in bed going, I think I'm going to die tonight. Especially after you would watch... Some of the, I mean, the horror movies today are scary, but nothing like what came out of the 70s and um, the early 80s. And to be honest, to this day, and I've watched probably every horror movie you can ever watch, I don't think I've ever sat through The Exorcist one whole run. Because that is, and the reason why is because it's too real. It's too real. I get that there's not a guy with extended arms and, and Edward Scissorhand knives scr- scraping down the walls. I know Freddy Krueger, that's a little bit uh, overboard. But when we get to this whole idea of the supernatural, and any horror movie that evokes the supernatural, something that is just out of this world, something that gets into the demonic realms, have you ever noticed those are the scariest movies? Because they hit awful close to home. And so tonight we're going we're gonna to start out by talking about um, heaven and hell. And the whole idea of, of, of what are they, we won't spend too much time because we're going to um, come into the paranormal piece of this. Um, but the first thing we need to understand when we talk and we look at the Bible, and obviously we look, look at the world, is that we live in a supernatural world. Okay, we live in a supernatural world. Okay, this is not a natural driven world. We believe that God is the creator. In the beginning, God created. So we believe that there was a beginning. We believe at that beginning was God and we believe that he created. 
And biblically, we believe that in Genesis chapter 3, we see the first introduction of how sin came into the world. How sin infected mankind. And from Genesis chapter 3, all the way until we get here to Revelation chapter 20, we see us living in what, what some have called between the trees. Between the tree of life and the Garden of Eden and the tree of life that reappears in heaven. And we're living in this time space between these trees. And this time space that we live in is actually not normal. Because everything pre-Genesis 3 is how eternity was. And everything after Revelation is how eternity will be. And as the Bible describes this era, it talks about it being just a blip. Just this like little blip on a radar. Just a, this breath that's here today, gone tomorrow. This vapor. And so we live in a time that is completely not normal to how we were created to be or how we will live eternity. And so when things happen, when we talk about miracles, and we've got a series coming up that's going to talk about, about miracles and some of these types. When we see miracles, all it is is just a touch of normal in an abnormal world. That makes sense. And so... We were created, and, and Lynn mentioned there, there are five characters in this play that we're talking about during this series. We've got God, we've got angels, we've got Satan, and we've got demons, and who's the fifth? Us, okay? One of those characters is eternal from, from both sides. God was not a created being. God has always existed. That's how we can say at the beginning, God. Because if God was created, then I want to start worshiping the God that created God. But God is eternal. Then we get the other four characters who are all created beings. And a lot of times, even in that example, it's easy to go, well, here's God up at this level. Here's Satan up at this level. Here's his minions. And here we are in between. God and Satan are not on the same level. Here's God, the eternal creator, everything else. Here's God, omnipotent, omniscient, all-present, and everything else. Satan is a created being. The demons were created. Angels created. Man created. The set and the background that we live in created. Now, the one thing that is the same about all five characters is we all are going to live for eternity. God is eternal both ways. And then everything that he's created with the angels who are either angels or demons, Satan, who was an angel as well, or man, we're going to live forever. And so the question is, where are we living? Where are we spending eternity? And biblically, we have this one little blip, this vapor, for that to be figured out. Because when Jesus comes back, or when we physically die, that's it. We are either still separated. By the way, God doesn't send anyone to hell. We are already standing in condemnation. We are already on that trajectory. We are already separated. So do we choose to stay separated from God, which is hell, which is death, which is sin? Or do we get reconciled to God? Do we turn to God, repent, confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead and we will be saved? For those who do that, who turn their lives over to God, we will spend eternity reconciled. That's heaven. Separation is hell. Reconciliation is heaven. One is an eternal relationship with God and everything that he is. One is eternal separation from God and everything that God being removed from the picture would leave. Okay? So let's look at, real quick, turn to Revelation chapter 20. And we're all, we're, we're jumping, we're, we're already past the, the tribulation, we're already past the millennium, we've talked about that. 
We get to chapter um, 20, verse 7. When the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, and to gather them for battle. In number they are like the sand on the seashore. They marched across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God's people, the city he loves. But fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had already been thrown. They will be tormented day and night for how long? Forever and ever. Not that it matters, but. Um, then I saw the great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his, his presence. So get that. The earth and the heavens fled from God's presence. And there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which was the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Okay, pause there. This is the great white throne judgment. We're not going to spend too much time in Revelation, but this is the great white throne judgment. If you were standing in front of this throne... Not good. You are standing condemned and you're receiving your sentence. And it's eternal separation. Your name will not be found in the book of life. There is a previous judgment, the Bema seat judgment, the judgment seat of Christ, where those in Christ are judged, not a condemning trial. They're not receiving sentence because their sins have already been removed as far as east is from west. They're being judged for what they've done in Christ, more like Olympics. Or dancing with stars. Or whatever. But they're being judged that way. Go Candace. Okay. So. Now. Chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard in a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Okay, it's no longer near God. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new, not just some things, everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these are the words of the trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. And this is going to be an amazing time. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. In other words, I am the A to the Z. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this. And I will be their God and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all the liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Those who have turned their life over to Christ. When they arrive in heaven, when they are face to face with Jesus Christ, their sins are gone. They are standing in front of God as a new creation. We will have what's called glorified bodies. The old will be gone. We will have new. Everything that was contaminated by sin is now gone. And did you notice, including the original heaven, gone. Earth, gone. And that is eternally separated. It flees from God's presence. And forevermore, no more tears, no more pain. Eternity with heaven. Heaven is an eternal relationship with God. What are we going to do in heaven? I have no clue. When I was growing up, I had all these images. And just let me be honest. Okay? And I know this might have might scare you being that I'm a pastor. Um, when I was growing up, and to be honest, even not so recent or not so long ago, um, I would look and I go, I, I used to think that all we did in heaven was sing. And we played harps. 
We were on clouds, which I didn't get because the airplane didn't bounce off them. Um, and so I had all these things and, and I thought to myself, I didn't speak it out loud. Man, that sounds boring. And I, and I remember the times I'd went to church. I, that's not what I wanted to do in heaven. I did, it, it was boring to me. And, and, and when I finally understood that heaven is not just a service, but it is a relationship with the creator of the universe, something that our brains can't even conceive, that's why there's hardly anything written about it, Something that's so crazy, and I know a lot of times we try to judge heaven by earthly standards. Well, are we still going to have friends? Am I still going to love that person? Is Fluffy going to be there? And we just go through all these things hoping that some piece of our life. But we need to understand that heaven is so far beyond our comprehension. Heaven seems to be described as a place of learning. A place of adventure, a place of, of, of growth, a place... Um, is there going to be food in heaven? Well, apparently, yes, um, but we won't get fat. Yes. Uh, a, a place of... And, and so there's going to be so many cool things about heaven. But the coolest thing is there's no more pain. No more fear because that has passed away and we are with God forever. And how we were created in his image is how we will live forever. And then there's hell. And is is incomprehensible as heaven is to me. Honestly, hell is the same thing to me. I, I often try to sit there and go, I can't imagine spending one day there, let alone ten or ten months or ten years or a hundred years. Forever? And and I, I grew up with all these um Ideas of what heaven's going to be about. I, I, I knew for sure they played poker there. I knew for sure they drank alcohol and smoked there. I knew for sure cats were there. I knew for sure... I'm just kidding. I knew for sure... And I had all these ideas of what hell was going to be like. And Satan was going to be my master. And all this kind of stuff. And I was like, ah, I don't want to do that. But that's not what hell's like either. Satan is not the leader of hell. Satan is every bit as isolated and tortured and, in, and separated as we are there. It is a place of complete isolation. A place of regret. It's a place where even the one person who maybe wronged me the worst, I, I could not wish that on them. And so as we look in the Bible, there's several different names that we've heard. Sheol, Hades, Hell, Lake of Fire. We've heard a lot of descriptions of, of heaven, paradise, Abraham's bosom, which as a kid I just didn't even try to figure that one out. Um, and so let me try to explain a little bit about what hell is and what hell will be. Okay, Pre-cross. The Bible seems to indicate there was a place called Hades. And as we heard the, the story Sunday of the rich man and Lazarus, it seems to indicate that Hades was split into two. On one side was Hades, and then there's a giant chasm, and then there's Abraham's bosom or Abraham's side, or depending on what translation you have. And there's a giant chasm, but apparently they can see Across, And we get the story of the rich man and Lazarus. At the cross, the Bible seems to indicate that Abraham's bosom or paradise. Remember when Jesus was on the cross, is it today you'll be with me in paradise? That's what he's referring to. It seems to indicate that as Jesus died on the cross, was buried and rose again, he conquered sin and death and led the captives free. Basically emptying Paradise, emptying Abraham's bosom. Those who were not on that side remained in Hades. Then we get to what we just read. In the future, 
heaven and Hades, you see that written there, will be tossed into the lake of fire, which is hell. This is eternal hell. Guiana hell. So now when someone dies in Christ, they are immediately in heaven with their creator. There is no longer any kind of paradise waiting for Jesus to fulfill that promise. Okay? So that is the the depictions of both of those. So again, hell is not a place that anybody wants to go. But by the way, I think the church today has gone on the opposite side. For years, the church was known for fire and brimstone. And all they talked about was hell. And you got to stay out of hell and turn or burn, get right or get left or what all that kind of stuff. And we've gone so far on the other side of the pendulum that we don't even talk about it. And there is no burden on us to reach out to those who are dying apart from Christ. There is no burden for us to to, to pull people from that place of condemnation that, that as you look at the lifeboat analogy, out of the icy waters of sin and into salvation. So what I want to say tonight is hell is a very real place. Satan is very real. Now, one of the common questions that come up, the existence of evil, or what some would refer to as the problem of evil. How could an all-loving God do this? If he was all-loving, and if he does actually know everything... Why create Satan? Duh. That's like creation 101. Why, why would you do that? And some even try to toss out logic. Well, God is the creator of everything that exists and evil exists. Therefore, God created evil. Well, it sounds logically sound. Here's the problem. God did not create evil because evil's not a thing. The second premise of that, that evil exists, evil doesn't have an existence. Evil is the absence of good. Evil is the absence of good. J.P. Moreland, who has spoke here before, says this. Evil is a lack of goodness. It is goodness spoiled. You can have good without evil, but you can never have evil without good. Evil's like rust. We see its presence, we see its effects, but if you take away the metal, rust goes away as well. In order for evil to have any presence, there has to be good. God created everything good, including Satan, including the demons, because they were once angels. God created everything good, including man. God does not create evil because evil is not a thing. It's not tangible. It's just the absence. Darkness is not tangible. It's the absence of light. And you all follow that. So God did not create evil. Okay, fine. He still knew it would happen. Why would God, knowing that evil was a potential outcome of people... Remember, evil is the absence of good, so when people walk away from good, there's evil. Why would God create mankind with the ability to sin? The ability, and by the way, sin literally means acting independently of God's plan for your life. Why would God create people like that? And let's go a step earlier. Why would God create angels if they had the free will to do that? And it's because God is a loving God. And love does not exist without choice. Think about that. Love does not exist without choice. Love does not exist without relationship. Relationship does not exist without choice. Robots do not love you. Your Siri does not love you. 
It can't. Love is a choice. God didn't create robots that were forced to worship him, that were forced to love him. He gave angels free will to choose either for him or against him. And he gave mankind to do the same thing. Did God hope we would turn against him? Of course not. But that option had to be there. That tree had to be there. God didn't put a big glowing sign, eat a tree, eat a tree. He didn't do that. He didn't force us to do that. But the choice had to be there. And when the choice was made, the absence of goodness was created, which is evil. Now, in a future time, evil will be done away with. That, that, that separation will be permanently separated. It will still be there. People, it, it's eternal. But it will be away from us. Okay? And we will be glorified, which, we will, which means we are saved from the presence of sin once and for all. For those who are in the New Believers class, you, you, or you heard this, or the Christian Life and Witness class, but there are three types of salvations. Follow real quick. You're going to write these down, big churchy words. I apologize ahead of time. Okay? Justification is a type of salvation. To be justified means we are saved from the penalty of sins. Once and for all. Saved from the penalty of sins once and for all. We can no longer be condemned for sin. No longer condemned. Our sin is removed as far as east is from west. We will not stand at the condemning trial that is the great white throne because we are justified. It is eternal. We cannot lose it. Sanctification, another big churchy word. To be sanctified is also a type of salvation. has nothing to do with the penalty of your sin. Sanctified means you are being saved from the power of sin in your life. This is a type of salvation that you could actually lose. Sanctification is a daily thing. We need to run the race daily. We can get off the path. We need to repent, turn around, and get sanctified, which means to be on the right course with God. That's why we still have to ask for forgiveness, so we can be sanctified. Not so we can be justified. That was taken care of. So we can be sanctified. There's a future type of salvation which none of us have experienced yet, and that's glorification. If justification is... Um, the salvation from the penalty of sin and if, sa- if sanctification is the, the salvation that, that removes us from the power of sin in our lives, well, glorification removes us from the presence of sin in our lives. Heaven, we will be glorified and sin and everything that it touched will be permanently and eternally separated. Okay, so that is heaven and hell. So let's get into this. A little more on what we talked about Sunday morning, aside from the five characters. Lynn talked about this whole idea of a hedge, and he brought up a, a, a phenomenal analogy of what, what happens at the Maasai tribe in Africa. And as they, they build this hedge around them to keep the lions, and Satan's referred to as that, that lion that wants to devour you. And so we have this hedge of protection around us. And as long as we don't purposely step outside of the hedge, we're going to be okay. Okay, we're going to be okay. So Sunday morning, we talked about a little bit about what are those things in our life that can sort of become footholds for Satan. Now, we're not going to talk about possession or oppression. That's next week. We'll, we'll go through that. And so we talked about, Lynn um, brought up um, the, the whole idea of like Ouija boards or palm reading or tarot cards or astrology. Those are all gateways. Those are absolute gateways. The Bible, as we looked at Deuteronomy 18, was explicit. Do not deal with sorcerers, with witches, with, with, with divination, with, with any of that. Why? Why? It's because we, as Christians, are not supposed to willingly give control away. When you dabble in the Ouija board, when you, uh, when you dabble in some of these games... When you dip into this cult, you're stepping outside of the hedge and you're inviting some other force to, to gain some control. And, th- and they will try. He mentioned the drugs. I can tell you firsthand, drugs are a gateway 
are a gateway because what do drugs do? What do they force you to lose? Control. What wasn't mentioned but is equally as important, alcohol is every bit the same. Why does the Bible say don't get drunk so you can't have fun? By the way, sin's fun. It's just Let's stop playing the church game. Sin's fun, okay? There's a reason why it's tempting, okay? The reason why we're not supposed to get drunk is we're not supposed to lose control. When you get drunk, you lose control, and that invites something else to take control. What about this? Meditation. This can get real dicey. Anytime you start getting into the idea of meditation where you are freely losing yourself and becoming one with whatever, you're inviting control. Some people ask, well, isn't yoga satanic? Yoga is stretching. However, its source comes from Hinduism. And so there is a danger if you go too far into that. Stretching is not a gateway for Satan. But you start meditating and losing yourself and start doing certain type of things that bring honor to false gods, which the, another word for false god is Satan, you're opening a door. So I would say with that, if it's just stretching, sweet, stretch away. Okay, But anytime you're, you're, you're losing control, you're, you're opening yourself up. Someone asked or emailed in, what about... Books, Twilight, Harry Potter. Um, what about games, Dungeons and Dragons? I know it's old school, but uh, Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, all these kind of things. What about movies? Hey, Chris, what about your music? What about all that stuff? Okay, and so what? how are those gateways? Again, you've got to be careful. Harry Potter, we'll start there. Harry Potter is probably some of the best written books of the last two, three hundred years. Phenomenally written books. Great stories. Engaging. Fun. Entertaining. But, like a lot of other books, and by the way, we, we single out Harry Potter too often. There, there's a whole lot of, oh, oh, Harry Potter's evil, but The Wizard of Oz. That's the same thing, by the way. Um, anytime you start going beyond just seeing things, and you start researching, you start participating in, you're starting to walk out of the hedge. When I was a youth pastor, Harry Potter first came out. And, and a lot of kids were, oh, this is cool. And, and they're starting to read, read through the books. And, and obviously, Harry Potter, for those who don't know, um, basically is a story of a bunch of children who um, go to this school, Hogwarts, a sort of school of magic and uh, divination, all that kind of stuff. And there's different classes for different type of magical arts and stuff. One of the dangers I started finding in my youth group were not the kids that were reading the books. No big deal. It was the kids that were researching some of the potions that were in the books and finding out that those are ever so real. And those come out of the occult. So I would be careful when, when you go into that. A basic... Um, an idea on this is anytime you see a movie and good is obviously portrayed as good and evil is obviously portrayed as evil, that's fine. Anytime you start seeing evil be portrayed as heroic or the good and something you want to long to be, that's where you really start to got to start being careful. We can't say don't read the book. There's every bit as much as occult and stuff, reading the Bible. You're going to see that stuff. But just be careful what you're going through. Parents, you should read the book first. I don't because my wife's the reader, so she reads the books first. But um, you should read the book first. Um, Twilight series, you should read the book first. What about um, vampires? Um, Vampires, again, fictional. Vampires do not exist. Okay, Fictional. And so again, it just... You just got to be careful on how much you start searching out things. The minute you start searching things, the spirit world will be found and they will make themselves available. So just be careful on that. Same thing with movies, same thing with music. You just be careful on how, how far you um, dip into these things. Um, ghosts. 
hauntings. Talked a little bit about ghosts um, Sunday morning. We talked about the whole Witch of Endor thing and um, are our ghosts real? And, and we talked about the idea that um, only two times has someone communicated with the deceased, and that was the Witch of Endor thing in Samuel as um, Saul is trying to uh, divine um, um, Samuel. And then, of course, Jesus as he's talking with um, Elijah and Moses. No other time do we see that happening because it's, it's not what's supposed to happen. Okay? We're not supposed to consult mediums. We're not supposed to do that. There was one moment where Saul, who had totally walked away, totally not sanctified, totally walked away from God, and his last resort to try to find out knowledge, because he wasn't, he wasn't even close to God, he was going to consult a medium. And so God, he didn't put a blessing on it. He just said, fine. <laughs> you want to see what happens? Boom. Here it is. There's a great story. Turn to Acts chapter 19 about getting, about people who like to dabble in this whole spiritual realm and people who don't take it serious. Acts chapter 19. Now, Paul has already, he's already um, planning churches all over the region. And he's planted this incredible church in Ephesus. And Ephesus is the most talked about church in the Bible. It's talked about in Acts. It had a letter written to it. And it's talked about in Revelation in 30-year increments. It's a fascinating study. And so Paul's in this city in Ephesus. And we'll start in verse 8. Paul entered the synagogue, which he typically did, and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and he and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannius. This went on for two years. So all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. God did extraordinary miracles. Okay, so outside of the normal miracles through Paul. So that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick. And their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. Some Jews, this is when the story gets pretty awesome, so pay attention. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. Okay, so stop here. By the way, Ephesus, major port city, famous for a lot of things, but it is also famous for its magical arts history. It had places like a Hogwarts. I mean, not quite that innate, but it it had stuff like that. And magicians and sorcerers and all that were all over the place in Ephesus. And so you had these Jewish people driving out or trying to drive out evil spirits. And here comes Paul, who's doing things totally different. And he's invoking the name. He's not saying by my... He's invoking the name of Jesus. And real, real power is happening. And people are in awe. Now, they, a lot of them didn't attribute it to God. They, they thought he was the next David Copperfield. He was, he was the next Chris Angel, Houdini. Okay, I covered the whole spectrum there. All right? So, watch what happens. They would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I love this, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish priest, were doing this. So he got these seven sons. One day, the evil spirit answered them. Oh, uh -oh. (laughs) this is when in the movie, you just put the popcorn right here. (laughs) One day, an evil spirit answered them. So that gives you a hint that maybe they weren't driving out spirits to begin with. But here we go. One day an evil spirit answered them. Underline this because it's beyond awesome. Jesus I know. And Paul I know about. But who are you? Uh-oh. Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. All seven. He gave them such a beating... That they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. That's embarrassing. 
You call the Ghostbusters in, they walk in like this and they come out naked. Jesus, I know. Paul, I've heard of. Who are you? An evil spirit called him out on his fakeness, on their religion. When this became known to the Jews and the Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear. Yeah. And the name of the Lord, Jesus, was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of all the scrolls, the total came to 15,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of Lord spread widely and grew in power. In a moment in time, the game stopped. And that's what we need to understand about this whole paranormal. It's not a game. Even if it says Milton Bradley or Parker Brothers on it, it's not a game to consult the spirit world. Because you don't want to be there when they answer. It's not a game to dabble in drugs. Now, I know some people, when Lynn said the, the Greek word pharmakia, and that means phar- pharmacy, we go, well, what about just my, my meds? Uh, I don't want to, you know. Again, just like movies, just like reading books. The minute you start losing control, that's when you get in trouble. Tylenol is not going to bring Satan into your life. But the minute you start losing control, someone will take it. Okay, remember Lynn said, only two people can open that door, God or you. And it's not God. This isn't a game. And in fact... That incident with Paul was so famous. You know, a lot of the um, magicians today, and by the way, today, most of it's illusion. It's safe. It's fun. Go there. Have a hot dog. Enjoy. But do you know where the word hocus pocus comes from? It comes from the Latin word hocus in a corpus menu, which means for this is my body. These early magicians were watching the priests. We're watching the apostles. We're watching Christians. And they're watching every word they said. And they're writing it down. He said in the name of the body. That must that must work. And so they would start adding that to their shows. And this is what the seven sons of Sceva were doing. Abracadabra. Ab, father, ben, son, racha, ashana, Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a twisting on God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And again, magicians would try to invoke these, these terms, thinking it was the words that were the power and not Jesus. It's not a game. It's real. Next week, we're going to walk into this whole idea of, all right, I know it's real. What about possession. What about spirits, demons? Can they possess me? Can they possess a Christian? What is exorcism? What about the whole idea of ghosts? Can, 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 I, can I be dealing with it? What about angels? We're going to talk about angels next week. And, and, and can we consult with angels? But today we've got Several minutes left. We want to open it up for questions. I will try my hardest um, to answer. Obviously, this is a wide open field. Um, but if you have questions, we have mics running around. And we'll talk about this. If it's going to be something next week, we'll just pitch it to next week. But Okay. <clears throat> when we first came in uh, this evening, there was a video on the screen and there were a bunch of questions were being asked of people about Satan and the devil. Yes. Got me to thinking and I went into my concordance and I have the new uh, international version okay. Bible. And I couldn't find one mention of Satan, only three of hell, one of Hades, 13 of the devil, 38 of evil, and 55 of heaven. Yeah. 
uh, I'm just questioning the, the fact that if Satan isn't even mentioned in the Bible, and hell's only mentioned three times, and not Hades once, 13 of the devil, how do people really get an understanding of Satan and the devil? He's actually mentioned quite, quite a few more times, Thank not you. necessarily by the name of, of Satan or the devil. There's Lucifer, there's Beelzebub, there's a whole bunch of different um, references um, um, to Satan, um, um, the fallen one, the serpent, the dragon. And, and, and so there, there's quite a few mentions of Satan. And we walk through some of the different um, uh, mentions of, of hell. Hebrew is, is basically sheol. And so you'll see the word sheol mentioned several times. Um, when we get to a Greek, a New Testament, sheol will turn into Hades. They mean the exact same thing, two different languages. Um, hell's not mentioned that much because no one's in hell yet. The, the, the Guiana hell, the, what was created for Satan, is not filled yet. Um, we read in a future time, in Revelation, at the end of times, everything will get thrown into hell and it will then be populated. But currently there's no one there. They are um, Those who die apart, who have remained separated from God, are currently in a place called Hades. Okay, which, obviously, it's, it's, it's similar to hell, but it's not the final resting place. But Satan is, is mentioned, mentioned quite a bit, um, and he's referenced or assumed quite a bit. Keep in mind, the word rapture is not mentioned at all. The word trinity is not mentioned at all in the Bible. But there, there is references to it. There's, there's assumptions. So um, I don't, off the top of my head, I couldn't pull out every single verse um, that is. But I'll bring that next week. We'll, we'll do... Um, we'll be able to show you the different uh, mentions. But um, I, I want to piggyback on that. The Bible does mention that stuff, but the church often doesn't. And so a lot of times the understanding gets skewed because we're not communicating the message, the seriousness of Satan. You got a lot of people, I think Barna said 50% of, of, of people who consider themselves Christians believe in a God, but they don't believe in Satan. And, and which which doesn't make sense. And so I think oftentimes when there's a communication gap, it's typically on our end, not not the Bible. I hope that helped a little bit. Yep. Earlier you said in Revelation 21, um, sin would be gone, heaven would be gone, earth would be gone. And later you said um, in the future, heaven and Hades will be tossed in the lake of fire. So the current heaven is going to, yeah, everything that everything that currently is is done away with the heavens and the earth. There's debate on whether the actual heaven, heaven, um, where God, if that's going to be created new. It seems like it's going to be because it says everything will be created will be created new. Um, and then from that point, from where we read, everything is created new, and we live in heaven for for eternity. But everything else is separated. Huh? No, the new, it, new Jerusalem is, is part of that. The the new. Okay. Yes. Uh, I just want to say that my concordance has thirteen references to Satan and twenty or twenty-five on the devil. So, I think that each. Bible has a concordance that might be smaller or larger depending on the publisher, and I know we have a concordance at home that's like three inches thick. So yeah, that's my concordance. Um, <laughs> that's my wife, by the way. <laughs> uh, it just it just depends on how how in depth a concordance wants to be published, but there's there's plenty of references. Yeah, if you want to look, um, you want to go after an exhaustive concordance, which is going to have everything. Um, there's some great online. You don't have to go to the library and grab a $50 book. Okay, you did that in college. You don't need to do that anymore. Um, you can go on. You can go online. You can go Blue Letter Bible or whatever, and you can go and find these concordances, and, and it will do the, the word searches there with you. Yep. Yeah, I just wanted to ask a question about uh, you had said losing control would be a sin, and how does gambling fit in with that? <laughs> okay, so um, losing control um, is 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 yes. Gambling does fit into that. Okay, it's a little different because it's not you're not losing your your capabilities. I mean, some people do like but at all, but I mean, you're not necessarily losing your faculties as you would with drugs or alcohol. Um, but gambling definitely is a gateway 
pornography gateway. Okay, any any time um, you start dabbling in that stuff, you're opening opening the doors. But it, I would I would consider gambling a little different than um, something that's actually gonna you're gonna lose your your capacities on that. You had said alcohol was one. Um, is it just the consumption of alcohol, or is it five glasses, ten glasses, till you get drunk? I don't know. This is awesome. All right, turn off the recording. And then psych meds, too. <laughs> Lynn's going to watch. All right. <laughs> All right. So here, here's the deal on, on alcohol. Um, it's not a sin to drink alcohol. Okay. However, it is a sin to get drunk. Okay. It is a sin to lose control. And so... The more you drink, the, the more you're ga- gambling with, with that. But what I will say on alcohol is it might, not be, it might not hurt you to drink that one glass. It might hurt the person next to you. Okay, So you've got to be really, really, really careful with, with that. Um, and so it, some things um, are okay, but they're not necessarily ben- beneficial. Um, but again, it, it, it's, not a, it's not a sin. Uh, sin to drink, drink alcohol. I just be real careful um, how you're doing it and where you're doing it, um, why you're doing it. But um, so, yeah. Just yes, general sir. question: What about an unsolicited exposure to something like a childhood experience that you know for sure is real? Something happened, but yeah, explain. yeah. Um, um, I've had those. <laughs> yeah, unsolicited. We'll, we'll really hit that next week. But um, just so you know, um, he, he's talking about what about you're just a child and maybe your family's dealing with that. Um, yeah, you're you're going to be affect. You can be affected by that. Um, it's not your fault. You weren't looking for it, but you could definitely be affected by that. Um, we'll talk about ne- we'll talk next week about whether a Christian is affected or taken over by that, if that's possible. Um, but yeah, um, sin splashes. If you, when you sin, you're not the only one you affect quite often. Um, so, um, yeah, you could definitely be affected by that. It can definitely, um, I mean, Job's a great example. He wasn't the only one that was affected. So, yes? How can you, t- how can you tell if someone's possessed by a demon? Say what? How can, you be pos- how can you tell if someone's possessed by a demon? Okay, we'll talk about that next, next week, but I'll, I'll give you just a little brief. Um, you can never know for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming, I mean, if they're levitating, I mean, if it's Sigourney Weaver, you probably have a, an idea. But um, um, if their head's spinning and <laughs> pea soup, you, but really, um, we'll really talk about that. Um, Lynn, I don't know if he's going to talk about this Sunday morning, um, but he, he definitely talks about um, two different times where he is almost positive. He dealt with a demon-possessed person. I know um, um, in my life, um, there for sure have been a couple times where I was almost positive. I, c- I can tell you that when you experience that, you walk away going, yeah, that w- that, that that sucked. That, that was not good. Um, there's just a, there, there's an oppression. There's a... Um, but you can't, I mean, you can't read into, into someone's heart, just like you can't tell if someone's saved or not. I mean, you have a good idea, but you, you never know. Um, but I, we'll, we'll, we'll talk next week. We'll talk through some of the symptoms that lead to it. Parents, we'll talk through some of the things you want to watch out for um, to know if your children are starting to dabble in things they probably shouldn't. Some of the things they're collecting, some of the things they're watching, what they're wearing, all that kind of stuff. Um, yep. Yes, I, ha- I have a question about drugs. So yes. when you're talking about drugs, I'm assuming it's recreational type drugs. So my question is, if you've got someone who, say, has cancer and they're having to take pretty heavy drugs t- for pain, is mm-hmm. that still fall into the realm of losing control? Yeah. Um, I, pain, um, again, I, I'm, I'm stepping a little bit out of my area. It's, I'm not a doctor. Um, I don't even play one on TV. But um, there is a... I don't think um, the pain meds are going to lead to that. Um, the minute you start really losing control, you can open yourself up to it. Um, but I think it's more when, when you are actively just going out there and 
purposely losing, losing control. If you get in a car accident and you lose your faculties, that's not you opening yourself up, up, up to Satan. And I think that's where God steps in and puts that, that hedge. But when you actively step out of the hedge and start dabbling in that, then, then I, I think you open yourself up. I'm not saying it's a hundred percent. Um, but I, I, I can definitely, um, point out people that have dabbled in the drugs and have been in the drug culture that have, have dealt with stuff that is okay. legit. Well, I, mm-hmm. I'm a retired nurse and yes. I have worked with cancer patients and yes. the drugs that you're giving them can cause hallucinations and, you know, so that mm-hmm. is essentially a loss of control. Yep. So that's why I was asking that. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll look at that a little further because, uh, again, that's, that's sort of leading to this question. Um, those you don't really have control over. I mean, it's a lot of those are administered and, and um, that, that's not necessarily your choice or there's no... Um, I think it's when you're actively leading for it. If, if someone grabs you and drags you across the floor because you're a little sister and sticks your hand up on a Ouija board and starts doing that, um, it, you know, I think it's when you actively start searching. Okay? And... It is eight. Um, I will answer a couple more questions. Obviously, there's no kaboom, so you're free to stay. Um, yes. Um, Lynn mentioned that um, usually you open yourself up to things when you play the Ouija board and things like that, so you might start to experience things. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about um, those who experience things like uh, the proverbial haunted house? <laughs> so, like what? Like, like the haunted house experience, or you're exposed to something supernatural, but you didn't it's unsolicited, I think, is, a, is a, the best way to explain it. Yeah, so. no. Um, yeah, so you're, you're exposed, um, the haunted house thing and um, um, the whole paranormal uh, type vibe. We will tackle that pretty heavy um, um, next week. There, there definitely is that. Um, I, I will tip that ghosts are probably not um, the ghosts of deceased people from the past. Um, if you're seeing those things... Um, they're probably real, but they're probably not the ghost of Abraham Lincoln or anything like that. So, and he wasn't a vampire slayer either. So. All right. Again, it's 8 o'clock. You're more than welcome to leave. I'm going to answer questions for probably another five minutes, and then we'll have um, people at front. Question yes. about medium. So Long Island yes. medium, popular shows that it sure does seem realistic that they are talking to people on the other side and getting accurate information. Yeah. How, how is that possible? Um, it's very possible. Um, and in fact, um, there, 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 you have groups of magicians that will go out and actually prove those people as frauds. Um, Penn and Teller do an incredible job at doing that. And there's other, others, um, right, that, that have done the, the Randy and all that that have gone and proven how you can, you can actually make that an illusion and it seems so unbelievably real. It seems so unbelievably real. Um, and it doesn't just happen in the illusion um, circuits, the magic circuits. Um, I'm not going to name names, um, but I, I used to um, do um, events, evangelism events um, in different parts of the country. And there were times where our group would show up to like a, a basketball arena or, or a gym or whatever and Another group was there like the month earlier, and the the custodian or the facilities people, hey, so do you want the air conditioning the same way? We're like, what do you mean? Or do you want do you want the, the walkie-talkie? What do you mean? And there's so much fraud and deception out there, people stored in the audience, uh, people um, that are that are moles that are just out there. Hey, how you doing? Uh, what, where are you from? I'm from Ohio. Oh, that's cool. I'm from Michigan. <laughs> oh, whatever. And we go through all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, the guy up the stage... I'm sensing someone's from Ohio. And, and so there's a lot of that going on there. Now, there is also real stuff, okay? What, what I think we are resting here um, at um, what Lynn said Sunday, and I, I also believe, is you are most likely not talking to Aunt Nancy, okay? So if someone actually, it's not a hoax and it's the real deal, number one, the person doing it's probably going to be scared like the Witch of Indoor was because that normally doesn't happen, um, and all of a sudden, you start getting real info that only that only you knew could happen. Keep in mind, demons aren't, and we'll talk about this next week, demons and Satan, they're not omniscient. They don't know everything, but they were around when Aunt Nancy was around. And so 
they've experienced a lot more. And so they're incredibly wise. So they would know details, obviously, that other people would not know. So, But for the most part, a lot of that is Hollywood. A lot of that's made for TV stuff. A lot of that's scripted. Um, even some of the live stuff is, is really, um, I mean, I can't, I can't say go watch Penn and Teller because they say naughty things, but um, you, you just watch some, they, they can be easily exposed. And I, I can't remember his name. I think it was the Randy um, that offered a million dollars if you couldn't prove it and no one's ever been able to do it. So, yep. Um, what about uh, seeing Mother Mary and the Catholic Church? They always say that, you know, Mary, they saw Mary. Yeah, I think... Again, and, and there's a lot of a lot of things that have been ordained under the banner of Christianity or under the banner of religion that probably is not biblical. Um, obviously, Catholicism has has definitely a reverence um, for Mary and she's a saint and and all that. And they they typically um, you, you'll see that happening in, in cultures. They see Mary um, on the side of a wall or in or in. A reflection here or there. A lot of that's just coincidence, probably just as much as saying, hey, I see a, a, a frog up in the clouds or something like that. Um, and I don't, I don't mean that disrespectful, but I mean, a lot of it is just, just coincidence. Um, I, for me, I don't believe the Bible um, 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 puts Mary on a pedestal. In fact, when Jesus was on the cross, he didn't even reference her by name. He's all woman here's you know and so um that doesn't mean that um i think sometimes christians could go the other way and go oh, i don't care about mary you keep in mind mary mary did incredible things while she was on earth and um, bless her heart but i she's not elevated um in, in my opinion on that or biblically so so i i think a lot of that's just just coincidence for me yeah it's all the way in the back Back in the cobwebs. <laughs> so, so you said earlier that love is a choice. Yes. And when we're in heaven and sin and everything is cast aside, are we going to possibly still have a choice then to, to turn love away God when we're in heaven? Or if you get away, if, if you remove sin and there's only glorification, mm-hmm. is it because we'll have like the mind of Christ to 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 not? be tempted anymore or there still has to be a choice right or, or no yeah the the choice is not is not that we have to pass that test each and every day and oh yesterday i made the choice correctly and today i failed and i ate the twinkie or whatever it was um the choice the free will is a one-time thing the free that had to be offered there one time Okay. It, it, you're, we're not going to see another in a million years in heaven. God's all, all right, let's give them another choice. And uh, it's not, that's not going to happen. And in fact, the angels currently had their one shot. The ones that left, left and became demons. The ones that stayed became angels and they were sealed. They, they, they're not, current angels cannot, cannot become demons in there. So in heaven, yeah, that we're, we're um, that that's not going to be a, going to be an issue. The choice was already made. We already made the choice to love. We already made the choice to love. This is dipping into Revelation a little bit, so I don't want to really want to cover it. But that's why that's the whole reason why Satan was loosed again in the millennium, is because you had a bunch of people that never had that original choice, and so they had that that choice because that wouldn't have been fair for all these millennia that we had to deal with. Um, sin because of the choice, and then all these guys to get a free pass into heaven because they were born in the millennium. Okay, so that, that's why Satan was loosed again. So there, there has to be that choice at some time. Once that choice was made, that's fine from there on out. But yes, we're, there, there is not going to be the, the, all the temptations and all. It, it's a totally, a totally different plane. But, yep. Chris, could you comment on the demonic influence of some children's programming like Pokemon? Video games, anime. Okay. Yeah. Again, uh, the Pokemon, um, anime, and um, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I'm not quite as in depth in in the youth and children's culture as I was probably a couple years ago back in youth ministry. But again, there's always going to be those those choices. 
to dip into the occult. There's always going to be the what was the Dungeons and Dragons will become the Magic the Gathering, will become this. And, and so you, you just got to be careful that as your children are playing these games, if you start seeing them saying spells or incantations or calling on ghosts or these magical powers to help their card to be more powerful than the next card, that's, that's a gateway. You got to be careful of that. Um, However, the church took it the opposite way, and that's why we have Rook, because um, bicycle cards were of the devil. Um, playing cards are not evil. So, um, we, again, you can play cards and have fun, but um, the minute you start dipping in and starting to seek out answers that... Anytime we seek out answers that are not out of the Bible, you're walking down a dangerous road. You're walking down a dangerous road. So any, whether that's through a medium, through uh, um, tarot cards, palm reading, uh, magic eight ball, anytime, even some of the fun, anytime you're legitimately trying to look for answers. I mean, when you open a fortune cookie and go, ha ha, that's funny, whatever, that's, that's not. If you start living your life based on what that fortune cookie says, now you're starting to get a little crazy. All right, well, we're going to close in prayer, and then um, I'll be back up here again. I'll try to answer. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be here tonight. We thank you so much um, for those in here and those um, um, who are are curious. And Heavenly Father, I just pray that you put a hedge of protection around us, that that, um, you make it obvious when we start going down that wrong path, that unsanctified path, and we start dipping into things that we're not supposed to, and we start opening up our lives. Heavenly Father, I pray that we never, ever empty ourselves, but we fill ourselves with you. That we seek you. That our mind and our, our bodies and our, and our souls and our hearts and everything is dedicated to you. Heavenly Father, I pray for those who are, are, are struggling in areas of addiction or in areas that might lead into control. Um, give them the wisdom to, to get out. Give their friends the wisdom to step in. Heavenly Father, we thank you um, that you loved us so much that you sent your one and only Son to die on the cross for us. We thank you that if we confess um, with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will save us. We thank you that even though we stood condemned, you reached out and gave us the opportunity to be adopted sons and daughters that you gave us the opportunity to have salvation. And Heavenly Father, for those in here who have turned their lives over to you, give them the burden to reach out and pull others in. And for those in here that that don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, give them the courage um, to start asking questions. Give them the courage to come up front and and, and ask what it means to have an eternal relationship with the Creator God. We love you and we praise you. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you guys so much for coming out tonight. Um, Next week, bring a friend.